Okay, Titan Gilroy has his own TV show called Titans of CNC. He also built a CNC academy in San Quentin Prison, and he runs a multi-million dollar business. But the roadmap he took to get there was filled with homelessness, beat down by bullies every day, prison, boxing with top-ranked boxing, and he started out at $9 an hour. I'm really excited about this one. So come on, let's do a background check. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is is background check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down. now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to background check. Hey everyone, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. I'm Jay Dan Gum, your host and the founder of Forgiven Felons. And if you'd like to know more about what we do at Forgiven Felons, please visit us on the web at ForgivenFelons.org. And felons is spelled with one L. We get a lot of checks, donation checks that come in that have felons spelled with two L's. And that's okay. They still deposit well. But ForgivenFelons.org, and especially if you have a loved one that you're trying to find a transitional house coming out of prison, please visit the house page on the website and download the application packet, all three documents, and send to your loved one and have them send it back. If you're in the Dallas area and you want to come see the house, come to one of our activities, please send me an email, jdangum at forgivenfelons.org. That's J-A-Y-D-A-N-G-U-M-M at forgivenfelons.org. And just let me know that you want to be added to our monthly newsletter, and we'll do that for you, and you can keep up that way through all the activities that we're doing. Sometimes we have gatherings at the house. We will have a Thanksgiving feast and a Christmas party. So if you're in the Dallas area and you want to come check out and meet some of the guys, check out the ministry, then that would be a great time. And even if you're not from the Dallas area, if you want to fly in and come check us out, we'd be glad to give you some food. All right. So what is Background Check Podcast? What do we do? What are we doing with this this platform, this time, this, this place that God has given us? We like to share stories of people that maybe have a background. And it doesn't mean exactly prison but just their their background. Let's check someone's background out. What did they what did they face as a child? What did they go through as an adult? Have they been to prison? Did they struggle with addictions? Anything that that someone has had to overcome and rise above. Now obviously if you if you've been in trouble with the law, you have a criminal background. And that's, you know, that's my story. But not everybody has a criminal background, but they've had some things they've had to rise above. They've had a background of addiction, a background of child abuse, uh, sexual abuse uh, that they've had to rise above. And that's what this podcast is all about, rising above that. We also talk to people that help others to rise above their background, parole lawyers, reentry programs, addiction recovery uh, organizations. We've talked to judges. And then sometimes we, we talk to people that are just motivational speakers. But today's guest... And I'm telling you, man, I know I've said I've enjoyed a lot of guests, but I I think I think Titan is my favorite. Titan Gilroy is the owner of Titans of CNC. 
He has a, a global academy and offers his curriculum for free to show people how to make more money and do something with their life and, and create a better world for them and their family and everybody around them. He's had a reality TV show one, one season where he went into San Quentin prison and created the CNC Academy in there. And that, that's, that's incredible. That season is awesome. All those episodes are on Titans of CNC, uh, the TV channel. If you go to titansofcnc.com, but man, this guy, his story includes homelessness, beaten up every day at school, prison. It's just incredible. And I can't wait for you to hear this story. So let's get to it. Titan Gilroy, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Awesome, Jay. Thanks for having me. Okay, so before we, I know who you are. Uh, by chance, I saw an episode when you were doing the San Quentin thing. I saw an episode this back when we still had direct TV and it was, I was like, what is this? This Titans of CNC. I think it was right in the middle of the, of the whole series. And I got to watch a few episodes before my wife made the decision to uh, cut the cable and go with something else. So, uh, so it's been great to be able to go back and watch some of those online. So tell my listeners, our listeners, our audience, who you are, first of all, today, Okay, we'll get into how you got to where you are and, and your story and everything. But tell us who you are, what you do, and uh, and how you do it. And if you want to mention the move from California to Texas uh, right now, we can do that too. Absolutely, Jay. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me again. And uh, yeah, my name is Titan Gilroy. Uh, I am happily married. I have five children. Wow. I have a beautiful life and uh, built a company that's dedicated to service and. Uh, I love Jesus, our Lord, with all my heart, and I give everything to him, and uh, he's just been opening incredible doors. You know, you're talking about San Quentin Prison. I mean, I used to be in prison, right? And then he qualifies you through the trials, and then he puts you somewhere, and he's like, now you're capable. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was an amazing journey. So what exactly does, you know, not everybody knows what uh, you do. So tell us real quick, and you know, the three or four minute version of what all you guys do. Awesome. So I don't want to get uh, too, too deep in the weeds and stuff, but let's right, just say right. um, with no hope, with nothing, I started in CNC machining and manufacturing uh, at $9 an hour. And I built a reputation and built my company after 08 and 09, after laying off 40 employees, I, um, I dedicated my life to serving and, and to uh, helping, you know, individuals get excited about manufacturing, bringing awareness to manufacturing. You have 50,000 companies that have gone out of business. You have companies and, and sh shop owners that have lost their livelihoods, yeah. that have lost their ability to take care of their children and stuff. So what we do is we actually teach CNC machining. We teach, we create curriculum for all companies from mom and pop job shops to the Boeings of the world to teach them high level because most are losing their companies and they're at less than 20% of their capabilities because they don't understand the technology that's right. available. So we stepped in, you know, to just say, hey, all this education is such a low level. How are we going to compete as a country? So let's actually teach manufacturing real and do it all for free. And, um, and we had an opportunity to, we created a TV show. How do you touch the world? Yeah. Like, let's put a camera yeah. and actually in our third season of having our TV show, we actually went into San Quentin prison and I, uh, my team and I built a school, a manufacturing school. And we're like, hey, if you're actually gonna 
teach these inmates and you're going to, you know, the, expect these guys to get out and get a job, then stop, just stop being a babysitter and right. give them like weak education. Let's give them skills so they can go out and make $30 an hour, $40 an hour and take care of their families, achieve something that they won't want to give up. And therefore they will change their lives. And, uh, and we did it. And now they're expanding throughout different prisons in California and across the nation. And wow. So the San Quentin, let's just, while we're on that, they called you and asked you to come. Now they're there. It looks like they had existing uh, CNC machines already. Was it just totally out of commission or were they using it and they were just using old equipment or what all did you have to do to make that all, you know, what it is today? Yeah, no, I, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of school uh, prisons that have like PIA, prison industry authority, right. where they actually make products for the government or the prison systems. Um, mo a lot of shops, a lot of uh, prisons have CNC shops. A lot of them are very old school. Uh, this particular one in San Quentin prison, um, back, you know, when it, during the war, you know, 50, wow. 60, 70 years ago, they actually built a screen underneath the Bay Bridge to keep uh, submarines from coming in. You know, they actually were in the war effort and stuff. But uh, over the years, they just didn't uh, advance the technology. They didn't have the right teachers, meaning they had heroes, people right. dedicating themselves to teaching. But they weren't... Um, they just didn't understand the new technology. They weren't putting the money into the program to understand how to equip these guys to get real jobs. So with the TV show and with the publicity of people knowing who I was in manufacturing, uh, one of the head guys from all 35 prisons in California was watching one day and he really, I was like, yeah, I'm in Rockland, California. He's like, this dude's like right down the street. So he literally came and knocked on the door and told me, hey, and I was thinking like, you know, I didn't want to do another season. That was after my second season. And he's like, hey, we have CNC shops, but they're, they're locked up in chains. The guys, they stay in their cells. They can't actually do anything in these facilities. Yeah. Um, can you help us? And at that time, God had just put me in a position where I built many companies. I understood it. I didn't need help, really help from anybody. He just had qualified me to go in and do it. And at the same time, he had qualified me to walk into that prison and speak a word boldly yeah. and truthfully to the men where they understood this dude understands where we're at. He has the roadmap to success and the roadmap comes through Jesus. It comes through forgiveness. It comes through all the things that you preach and it comes through hard work and integrity and all that. And uh, so, you know, the whole season, you can actually see it on titansofcnc.com go to titan tv you can watch that whole yes. series for and we'll free. have that and we'll have that link available to uh the listeners uh, on the show page as well awesome yeah. but so, I, was, I mentored those men yeah and built the shop and it's just testament to what god does man now have you have you been able to follow up with anybody from from that group the original that you chose to go through yeah. the whole thing how yeah, are they my, doing are they're, they're any, they're of, my, any, any of them out or are they still yeah. in no, there's a bunch of them out there. My Facebook friends. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. you know, we we just do life and we have community, you know, like I have a Facebook group where I just talk to people all over the world and stuff. They're in it and we just talk and I'm just, people ask me, hey, what up? And then I'll just tag one of them. I'm like, look at him. Uh -oh, he just bought a new great. truck and he works for Tesla and he's, he's with his two boys that he could never see. And they, wow. you know. The mom wouldn't bring the kids and he was heartbroken, you know, and you, you know, one of my episodes, you see him at the end, like, yes, years, and now he's driving a new truck wow. and making it happen. Wow. You know, a wow. bunch of, they're all, they're all doing good. I actually haven't heard of a single one of them 
like getting into trouble or anything. They're all doing positive. Not all of them are out, right? Right, right. There's a group that are out, you know, and some, some of the guys have low time and some of them are lifers, you know, and, um, but the lifers, the guys who maybe won't get out, um, we kind of train them to be teachers and mentors to yeah, actually help the so other good. individuals. Yeah. You know, one of our core values at Forgiven Felons is the, we take our core values from the word felons, F-E-L-O-N-S, and, the, and the, the letter E stands for education. Because if, if we don't learn something new, we're going to keep repeating what we've always done. And yeah. that's what I love about, about what you've done is you've given these guys education. You've taught them something so that they don't go have, have to go back. Even the ones that are not getting out, they don't have to go back to their old prison life. Now they're teachers, they're mentors in prison. So education is, is the key. One of our, last, one of our latest uh, ones is, is from the superintendent of Wyndham School District here in the Texas prisons that we talk a little bit about you know, what they're doing to, to up their game because we're not, Texas is not there yet. We're still living, teaching these guys trades that when they get out, their, their, their codes are five years out of date. You know, and so we're trying to be more relevant. We're trying to get them to be more relevant. So, all right. So you, you're running this awesome company, academy, teaching, doing all this stuff, but it wasn't always this way, Absolutely. you know? So a uh, background check podcast is, is about people that have risen above their background, their upbringing, the things in life that have set them back because of maybe choices they made. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your childhood and, and maybe teen years. And when, when did you start making decisions that, you know, were, were getting you in trouble? And, and then, uh, then kind of lead into that faith that whenever you had that encounter, you know, that, ch- that turned your life around. Awesome. Awesome. And Jay, if, if I could, you just talked about your core values. And that's important for all of us to have core values. And before I, you know, came on this um, podcast, agreed, I actually went and read it. And you have felon on your shirt, but I like how it has an S and then it ends with service. And yes. service is um, the meaning of life when you serve other individuals as a person. When I was in prison, when I was in destructive ways, I was thinking about myself. But as soon as I started thinking about others. Yes. And when, when you see others rise, that's where you get true peace and fulfillment. And uh, I love that about you. So uh, just want to mention that. And then, uh, hey, you know, I think it's, it's identity, right? I think it's um, what you are around. I always tell people, if you're going to be negative, you're going, if you're going to be around negative people, you're going to be negative. If you're going to be around alcoholics and people who do drugs, you're going to fall into that. If you're around positive people, right. you're going to be positive, right? So when I grew up, you know, I, I come from Hawaii. People think about Hawaii like, oh, hey, it's like, you know, rainbow, rain, rainbows <laughs> and uh, waterfalls, you know. But and luau's. Same, luau's, man. Uh, you know, we can eat over there, right? <laughs> but there's another side side of it, right? Hawaii, you know, Texas is Hawaii's uh, friend. You know why? Because Texas houses Hawaii inmates. Because Hawaii cannot, even though with all the prisons, and you'd be surprised, with all the prisons and, you know, there are different levels, right? From medium to maximum, all that. They can't house all their inmates. So they actually send them to Texas. And I have a lot of friends in Texas doing time. Wow. So, yeah. I didn't know crazy. that. Yeah. I, no, I actually was uh, dorm, dorm mates with a guy... He was from, I forgot his full name because we always just called him Hawaii. And, yeah, and he, yeah. But he looked like he was, he was the typical Hawaiian yeah. looking guy. And so. Cool, cool guy, right? Oh, very cool, man. Dude, I've never met a non, an uncool Hawaiian. Yeah. I really yeah. haven't. So. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a hard life. You know, you, uh, you grow up over there and you'd have very little, man. And, uh, you know, when I, when I went over there with my mom, you know, we, we had a place and then um, she was escaping my dad and stuff. And then. She took me over there. Hey, I'm going to raise my son in Hawaii. And then all of a sudden that 
fell through and we had nothing. So we went to the beach, lived homeless, went through a whole journey of, you know, her going miles and miles to like, you know, clean up houses for a contractor and doing certain things. And finally, this contractor let us pitch our tent in his backyard. And um, finally, I went, I started going to school and, and different things and stuff. But, you know, one of the hard things for me was that we were in a very poor, poor part of Hawaii. And it's a melting pot, right? You got Hawaiians, yeah. Samoans, Filipinos, all these different nationalities coming to one. And the worst thing that you can be is white in that neighborhood <laughs> and stuff. So being the only white kid, I took beatings and beatings, wow. not like, you know, people say bullying today and stuff. And it's all serious, but literally six guys, you know, sitting by me on the bus, you know, dragging me behind and just beating and kicking. Wow. And, everything. and I didn't have anybody to protect me. So in that, like I said, you know, if you're negative, you're on negative, you're on, you know, you're going to become negative, the same thing through that journey of getting beaten every single day. Um, my neighbor actually um, befriended me and his name is Kaipo Williams. And uh, he's known throughout the islands and uh, he's passed away since but dude was massive, you know, tattoos all over, you know, Tattoos on his leg, born to rape. Tattoo on his other leg, born to kill. Dude did some crazy stuff. And as a kid getting beaten and beaten and beaten and having no protection, when this guy that everybody won't even drive into his driveway, they show him such respect. And that guy calls me and starts taking me diving and teaching me how to fight and saying that he's tired of seeing me get my butt kicked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what society says about that guy. He's my hero in yeah. that negativity. Wow. And, and that is really what happened with me is that I started fighting back. People would come and sucker punch me or, or do whatever. And then I would just scrap and I'd start winning those fights. And guess what? All of a sudden people were like, oh, oh, that white kid. Oh, did you see that? You know what I mean? And, and then I kind of built a reputation. And, you know, from that point, you know, people, you go to these places, there's a thousand teenagers and 20 somethings and stuff. And I would just go stand. I'd just be killing. You know, cars would be coming through. You know, you know how you, when you go oh, yeah. to places, yeah. right? But cars would be. If I just cruising, there, we went cruising. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the the window would come down, and it would yep. be like, "What are you looking at, you? You know, effing white? Oh yeah, and this." And I just would be like, you know, not starting it, but I'm like, I'm looking at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and it would just go down, and I started thriving in that. And that led me to, you know, boxing, which led me to going to the mainland, which got gave me an opportunity to fight, you know, and win titles in California, and which got me in top rank boxing. And wow. How old were you George during this time? Foreman, 19 to 22. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. And then at 22 years old, uh, I had a son born and I went back to see him in Hawaii and got around my old friends and went out and uh, put alcohol in my system, which is not something that I was doing because I was, my life was like, actually had hope at that point, not because I knew who Jesus was, but just because people were putting money in my bank. Right. Only thing I was good at, which was fighting and uh, went out to a club and fights broke out and somebody pushed me back because I was trying to solve the problem like I do. And uh, man, I just stepped in with one punch. Never. I've seen it. People get knocked out thousands of times. And I just stepped in with one punch and he hit his head on the concrete. And, Mm. you know, he's still living, but yeah. So it was done. I was, you know, it was right, right there, man. It was just like, I knew like my life was over and had no, I just played no contests and (laughs) went to prison, man. Went to lockdown, went to six months of lockdown before I got the maximum security. And uh, yeah, so I got, I got a little bit of a story. So, uh, and I, and I spent, 
you know, my life was turned around because of solitary confinement. I spent, but I only spent eight days in there. So kudos to the <laughs> six months. Um, uh, episode four, Ron Atkins spent 13 years yeah, in, in crazy. solitary confinement cell before uh, God radically changed his life and he came out of there. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. So now you're, now you're in prison looking at a lot of time. What, how did, how did you do your time in prison? Did you, you know, you know, I think that, you know, I tell, you know, once I, once I met Jesus, like once I saw God working in my life, I realized he was always working in my life. I just couldn't see, right. you know, right. how many times was I going, was I in jail and like, Lord, I will dedicate my whole life to you. Boom, boom, boom. And like, and then all of a sudden I get out miraculously. And I'm like, ah, and I just head into the same old thing. Right. So I, I always knew, man, you know, and even from a young age, you know, I was, I always had that, you know, I want to be very humble, but I, I had the leadership qualities. I had the, you know, Kara's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And all that. Yeah, yeah. Like people were kind of drawn to me even when I was a young, skinny white kid. You know what I mean? So it's like, but in darkness, in negativity, and that's all you see that I rose in that, you know? Yes, people people yes. look at, you know, drugs and they think like, oh, how can they do that? Well, when you're there, everybody else is outside there and they don't understand this, right? right? They don't understand the world that you're trying to escape. And so, so, you know, at the end of the day, I think that, um, you know, I always had it. Like I always was a good person. I just did a horrible thing, man. And, and then I just, as soon as it happened, I just was like no contest. So when I went into prison, I just started scrapping and, and you couldn't stop me, man. And, and they, they locked me down, you know? Right. So the six months in solitary, uh, keeping me away from everybody was the best thing that ever happened because there was a time where I was locked down in trouble, but there's another time where they were like, Hey, you're done with your days, but we're not letting you back. So here's some books. So I read my first book in solitary, you know, and they started giving me uh, drawing utensils and stuff yeah. like that. But still, I was like by myself when I worked out, I was by myself. You know, I, I literally, you know, I was with like killers, you know what I mean? Like right. those are the guys I'm talking to in yeah. my little square <laughs> window and stuff. But when, when I got out and they actually put me in um, maximum and I kind of took my journey through, I just saw what I didn't want, man. And yeah. I was like, you know, Life has to be more than this. And and I started like training inmates and I started like, I just always was like a teacher by nature and stuff. So I just started like training inmates out of box. I started doing different things. And then, um, and top rank, you know, after three years, man, top rank actually sent a letter to the parole board and got helped said, this kid has a future. He is a good kid. And if you uh, let him out, we're going to give him a contract. Wow. That was, that was my thing. So you had a business that vouched for you in one of your parole hearings. That's exactly. awesome. So, so, Top-ranked boxing. So when did Jesus come into your life? And was it, a, was it a moment? Was it just kind of a gradual realization that you already knew? It was there, you know, like for me, it was solitary confinement. That very first day in solitary confinement. And that's when God affirmed the calling he had on my life. That's when he uh, said, I'm not sorry. Romans, I think it's 1029. The gifts and callings of God are without are irrevocable there without repentance. He's not sorry that he called me. He still has use for me. And then every day after that, those eight days in, in solitary confinement, you know, I just kind of had a conversation with God which, where I, where I tried to do more listening than talking. Cause I always love to talk more. So what, how did that moment, how did that realization happen with you? Was there a moment? Was there a church service? Was it alone in your cell? You, you know, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And so then this is going to be very abbreviated, like shortened. 
But when I went to Las Vegas and I started fighting again and I, uh, one day in my parking lot, I had a guy who was like drugged up and um, he, he would just start abusing all everybody in the apartments and stuff. And one day I came home and he actually um, assaulted a bunch of police officers and like literally this whole thing was going on. And over this whole thing, there came a time where I was confronted with police around and I actually, um, this guy came at me and I, same thing, man. <laughs> it was like, I tried to get out of it. I tried to get out of it. And then I, I hit him, same thing, one shot, boom, right? But the police came to my defense. Everybody came to my defense. I was actually protecting people. Wow. So I was not charged, but that is the last time I hit anybody. And I literally, the, um, the next day I called my manager. I said, hey, I'm done. And he's like, dude, you're gonna be heavyweight champion. Like, what are you doing? And I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. Well, we can get you. I'm like, I'm not in trouble. I'm not in trouble. Like, this is what went down, but I'm done. And I remember, like, not to get gra I'm not, I won't get graphic, but man, I was standing out there and it was January. And January in Vegas is cold, man. And yeah. I was standing in, and dude, there was like blood all over the concrete and stuff. And I was like standing there and I was like looking at life. And uh, it was the most beautiful day ever i remember looking at the sky man and and I, I wasn't like praying or anything i was like looking at the sky and it was just so beautiful and i knew like i knew like i knew i needed to go to california and literally i just packed up all my stuff that day i moved to california i looked in the paper got a job for nine dollars an hour at a machine shop didn't know anything never had a car when i was young right and they put me in front of a hundred thousand dollar machine and they teach me how to use this thing and all of a sudden my you know my fearlessness i start using that to 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 push hard through material and do these different things and solve these problems. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm dropping time. Like when you make a part, any people can make parts, but how long does it take? Because the shorter the runtime and the better the quality, the more money you can make. So right. I started making money for my company and I started solving their problems. And my pay went from $9 to $12 to 14 to 16 to 18 to 20. I ended up having a car, ended up renting a place. I had something to lose. My life changed. But you know what? Through those two years, something happened and God started calling me. So I never had anybody telling me, hey, you need to go to church or, hey, this is this. I had, you know, some people would talk, but I just right. wouldn't, you know. But all of a sudden, I started thinking, why am I different than everybody else yeah. like why are these things in my head like i'm demented in some of the thoughts that are in my head and like i need to get around good people so i started going to church to get around with good around good people and i remember talking to the pastor and saying i want to believe what you believe like i want to i just don't you haven't been in my world you know right. and and it would be two years later that um, I would be saved in a church and give my life to the Lord. And he would do miracles after wow. miracles. And, and I'd realize that the Lord is real and Jesus is real and the enemy is real also. And he's yeah. right there to tear you down and spend his entire existence to destroy you and your kids and your family. So I think a lot of people, they, they, they are like, Jesus, like, boom, and I feel so great, but they don't come completely change their life and they hold on to things which allows the enemy to come in and 
pull on those ropes. Yes. That's when destruction, they, and then they go through these things. So it took me years to, to realize, like, I need to trim these ropes. I need to change my music. I need to train, change my habits and stop drinking and stop doing this and doing this. And, and therefore, I will have clarity to actually hear his voice. And then that's what I am today. Today, I'm moving to Texas because I woke up four months ago. I have, I have a crazy responsibility, but I woke up four months ago and God told me, not like, are you talking? But he, I just knew, right. like I knew I was supposed to go to Texas. And like I was on the street with my faith, I'm obedient and I'm fearless. And I just, I woke up, I went downstairs and I said, Gina, my wife, I said, we're going to Texas. And she's like, wait, what? what you know what i mean and it's just been green lights it's not easy but it's been green lights and uh, that's what the lord does because he knows your heart and he understands that faith that you have and he yeah. celebrates it you know i like how he doesn't make it easy for us he makes it possible exactly. you know what i mean and so uh because if it was all easy everybody would be a christian and there, there nobody would have any problems uh but jesus told us in john he said he said in this world you're gonna have trouble you yeah. know but take heart i've overcome the world so can i can man, i tell a little can I say yes. something to that? Go. In the book, Hosea, you know, uh, Hosea is out there, you know, preaching. And he's, he's just like, boom, and he's talking to Israel, and he's, and he's representing God, and nobody's listening, right? And then God brings a woman into his life. I'm sure you know the story. Yeah, and, yeah. And she is unfaithful to him. And, and it says that she comes into his bed and leaves and comes into and leaves to go into other men's beds and, and stuff. And, and he is heartbroken, and he goes through this whole journey. And then through the pain and the brokenness of all of that, he comes out and God says, now you can speak for me. Oh, wow. Now you understand what, yeah. what, how I look at Israel, right? So I think that, you know, the Bible is full of men and women who were, had great potential and destiny, but they had to go through trials and struggles to break down so that, so that one day they could stand with confidence and speak yeah. and be quiet qualified by him for whatever their purpose is right man that's so good man so mm. good that is awesome oh hey. in jesus name amen oh. hey what was that what was that first book you read in prison oh, you remember man. i don't even remember yeah <laughs> I, I was in all, all kinds of different things i was reading like back then i i didn't know jesus and stuff so i was i i was in prison so i would read like ann rice books oh, you gotcha. know the vampire yeah. books yeah. and witching hour and i big books you know but it's like i got years you know what i mean yeah. so i would just go into different stories and stuff and you now know you, what i mean you served 16 right no or that was your, that was your yeah, that was the was, length of your sentence okay yeah i was uh three years yeah gotcha um but that's what? all i needed like you <laughs> i mean <I'm> not <laughs> exactly saying, i'm not saying how many years you had but you spent a certain amount of days in solitary yeah. and it showed you and that's all i needed man. i was serving you know? two five-year sentences at the same time uh, and, uh, for, for DWIs. Yeah. And, and look, and who, not to be like that, but I mean, that's just people who do that all the time. And I'm I like, know like you, you're risking your life. You're risking your family. Like get an Uber, man. It's yeah. Crazy. Well, we didn't have Uber back then. No, I know, but, uh, but I'm just saying that <laughs> now they can. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying like somebody oh, can yeah. judge, might judge you. You know what I mean? I, I was with, I had friends on the inside. One, one guy, nicest guy you ever know. He killed a family of five because he, wow. He was drinking after work and he just went into a wrong lane and went right into a van and killed a family of five. And he's the greatest guy you'd ever meet. Yeah. He never had, never had any run-ins with the law. And he, he drank 
alcohol and got behind the wheel, man. It's just a tragedy. I'm I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful because I I mean everybody knew I drank, especially when I stopped trying to be a hypocrite and living that 50-50 life, 50% church, 50% world, where I was trying to hide each other each world from the other. You know, at one point I just said screw it and I just said screw God, Christianity, everything, turn my whole back on God. And and what I did was a hundred percent open myself up to the devil and all his tools. He began I began doing things that I'd never weren't made available to me at 50% serving, you know, the devil. It's and funny how that door opens up for yes, you. Yes. Perfectly for destruction. Yep. yep. But uh, what is the best piece in, 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 in all your struggles and even now, all the way up till now, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Ah, man. Um, well, I mean, uh, faith, faith-based and, and yeah. Yeah. Business is, is a little different. You know, when I when yeah. I was losing my company and I was laying off 40, I had to lay off 40 employees because all the work was just gone. At some point, somebody told me, a business guy that I looked up to, and he said, Titan, they can take your house, they can take your cars, they can take your building and your business, but they can't take your talent. And in business, at that time, I was like trying to hold on to it. I was like, I don't like this is like I built I spent my whole existence in trying to build this thing and I don't want it to leave but at the end of the day I had to go through it and today I even though I take crazy chances because now I have I'm seasoned and I have confidence and I'm like the worst thing that can happen is is I lose this or that but we'll just build it up again and stuff and therefore I risk much right to go yeah, with God, yeah. after what God is doing as far as like you know faith faith and stuff I can't really think of anything right this second that somebody just told me that really affected my life but at the end of the day uh, I speak to inmates all day long and I'm, and I'm just like dude you know what I mean like you just let's just get real like you need to walk away from it you need to you need to switch your head mindset and you need to go surround yourself with positive positive music positive positive literature positive friends positive everything and and you you spent all that time in prison trying to thinking and dreaming about getting out therefore don't take anything for granted wake up early you know, stay late, you know, put the work in and work, hard work and determination and integrity and faith in the Lord will actually take you through incredible places and your life will go like this. And yeah. as soon as you, and as soon as you allow that, the enemy to pull on those strings, dude, you're just going to lose it all. So consistency, I, I always say to the guys in um, San Quentin, I'm like, dude, you can go out and be the best husband. You can be everything. You can be great for 200 days, but the one time that you mm. slip up, it's all done. So consistency is, is king right there. Consistency so in your faith, consistency in your work ethic, consistency in, in just loving and serving, man. Find, find a way to serve people. You are qualified. Oh, oh, you were abused. Oh, you were beaten. Oh, you were on drugs. Whose life can you now touch because you're qualified because of what you went through? Like change your mindset. Yeah. What, what yeah. happened to you? Chop that ball and chain off. Turn around and know that you're qualified by God. Be in him, but you're qualified by God to go touch those lives and to do amazing things and walk boldly in him, not in you and uh, go get it, man. It's yeah. Change, change lives. And that's when you're super happy and you're just like, dang, this is awesome. Yeah. That's when you move from victim mindset to victor, exactly. victor mindset. Exactly. Uh, so how do you balance family, faith, and business? <laughs> you, you, <laughs> or, 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 or is there such a thing? 
You know, it's not, it's not hard for me. Honestly, it's not hard because I'm, I, everybody knows and my guys even know when I'm texting them at 11 at night or on the weekends and stuff that um, I live my business and stuff. But you know what? When I, was, when I was growing up, I was all about the boys. I was never a bad person and yet I ended up in crazy situations and a lot of it was just being with the wrong guys or protecting the wrong, protecting my friends and stuff like that. But post after, you know, being incarcerated and, and giving my life to the Lord and stuff, I don't take it for granted that I have a beautiful family. I stated yeah. it when I got on here. It's very important to yes. me. So, so those that know me, I, I have a million acquaintances, but if I'm not at work, I'm with my family. You know what I mean? So it's easy for me to spend time with my family and to juggle that because I'm at work and I'm with my family. I'm not golfing. No offense to those who do, but I'm not golfing or doing these hobbies and stuff. I'm all about my kids. I'm all about my family and I'm about work. And I just, we together serve. And so good. It's just good, man. So I know, I know through, uh, through the Academy and teaching those guys in San Quentin, you gave them, that was a launching pad for a lot of those guys uh, in your company. Now, do you have some sort of mindset where you hire people that have backgrounds and give them uh, second chances? Yeah. I've, I've hired people with um, backgrounds and <laughs> I mean, Look at me, right? You know, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, they have to come and apply for work. One right. of the things with manufacturing is like people don't understand. They look at, you know, they look at something, they're like, oh, made in China. That's normal. No, it's not normal. You know, you, we need to make things in our own country. Right. So we're bringing awareness and stuff. And uh, so having a, having a, somebody with a felony, like, or having, it doesn't affect me, right? right. Your, your right. whole podcast is like background check, right? right? That doesn't affect me. The safety of my people, I'm going to look straight straight at you. And, and as a owner, I'm going to know, I'm going to know if you cross the mountain and you're on the bus, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, yep. or you're, or you're, you're coming back up because a lot of people have to fail hard and they got to, yep. they got to lose everything. That pig pen. The, they got to get to the pig pen. Yeah. They got, they just got to like, it's just got to be exploded for them to rebuild and for God to rebuild it. So, you know, I don't, I'll look at an individual and I will judge based on what he tells me. And then I'll, I'll look to see, because they can't, they can't fool me on that one. You know, yeah, that's so are good. you, are you still living that life? Are you, are you still trying to find identity in who you were or have you left that and know that it, it doesn't have to define you. Right. And, and you're on your way out on a positive path. Cause if you're on a positive path, I'll definitely have joy in helping you because I want to help somebody who wants to help themselves. You know what I mean? That's good. And who wants to do it. So good. All right. Well, um, I, I got, is there, I always ask this of all my guests, uh, or at least, um, most of them, I don't ask like the judges and the, the people that have never messed up, but um, the people that have risen above their background, I always ask is if you could go back and change anything about your life, you know, uh, would you, you know, it's, it's a hard thing, man. Yeah. And you got to make peace. There's no, you, you can never look back. Even God says, you know, as you, those who put their hands to the plow that look back are not fit for the kingdom. Right. So um, that's a hard question. Do I wish, do I, you know, I wish I, certain people didn't get hurt in my life. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. um, and even my attitude as a, a younger person and, and, and just being cold, you know, when I was younger, but today at the end of the day, you know, I can't change that. Right. All I, all I can do is go to try to change as many lives. So I used to be yeah. competitive and fighting used to be competitive and all these different things. 
but now I'm competitive in in trying to change as many lives as possible. You know, this this platform that we have has given us access. I mean, we have a hundred thousand students right now online, and I get a people go on missions trips to other countries. I get to talk to like young machinists and young people in Iran, in Iraq, in like Australia, That's and so cool. on a daily basis. And and it's I'm always just mentoring them, and I get to talk about the Lord because they they yeah. go and they see the testimony on my YouTube page and stuff. So it's like I'm just having fun with all of it, man. And and at the end of the day, everything we do is free, and it's just about like service, man. You know, like let's just my my past was my past. So now how many lives can we change? Yeah. And, and that it's not money that leads me. It's, it's how many lives and how big of a crazy impact can we make, you know? And right. just humbled that the Lord had put me on this, you know, that's with my awesome. amazing team. I got a bunch of Christians yeah. in and I just have amazing people. Not all of them are saved, but they're all amazing. And uh, just the path, man. That's awesome. Uh, all right. Now this is, uh, we'll, we'll close, we'll wrap it up, but this uh, podcast will probably air right around the time of our um November 3rd election. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, how, how, how important is this election? And, uh, and you know, in some States felons can't even vote Texas. Thank God. After you get off parole, we can vote. So I've been voting now for 12 and a half years and I've, I've expressed my opinions through the voting booth, uh, every chance I get, how important is it for us to vote? And, uh, wh what are your thoughts on not all States allowing felons to vote? should they and you know like i i think that there should be a if you're if you're on parole for life because of what you did i think if you have proven over a certain amount of time that you uh, you're a productive citizen i think i think you should still be allowed to vote at some point what are your thoughts on 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 that yeah you know it's not something that i've given a lot of thought to so i want to be careful with my answer because I haven't given it a lot of thought. Gotcha. My initial um, thing would just be said that if somebody has truly changed their lives and they're, you are who you are in, in the life that you're in, right? right. But the yeah. same person can be a completely different person yeah. in a positive, amazing, God-filled life, right? And if you have a family and you change your life, then I believe that there should be a way to get those things back. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, whether it be through pardons or, or whatever, you know, but that's not me to decide on that. Yeah. But I think that if somebody's not clear headed and they're speaking from anger, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And oh, they're yeah. not, they're not able to make a decision rationally because they're, you know, then, then maybe there should be a time where right. it changes. And that's, that's just kind of like how I feel uh, at the end of the day, you know, I love Jesus and um, he's changed my life. And uh, I'll just say this, I don't want to go sides or whatever, but I'll say, what is important to you? Yeah. Is, is the Lord important to you? Is the freedom important to you? You know, uh, for me, manufacturing is important to me, right? People, people look at the games in uh, Chicago and I've talked to leadership over there and I, and I've given them such an amazing plan then showing them that, you know, you, everybody's doing these teachings on such a small 20, 30, like you got to do something at scale. Like yeah. if we do, do all of this, like you will build a workforce that Apple will come in and it's marketing genius that you can actually change these huge communities like in Detroit and Baltimore and you can do all these different things, but you have to take manufacturing serious. People don't really think about manufacturing, but it's very important to your podcast because manufacturing allows somebody to make six figures and more and take care of a family based yeah. on their intellect, not based on 
who they were back in life. And that's right. It, it allows people to, if you can solve problems for the right people, you deserve good money for your family. And um, so it's a great opportunity for those in the struggle. It's great. It's a great opportunity for, you know, those in certain communities that feel like they don't have com uh, opportunities. So when, when I look at the elections, I'm not looking at a person and, and this and that I'm looking at, you know, how do we bring jobs back and stop yeah. selling out our so country? Good. How do we like, you know, allow people to worship freely? How do we, you know, allow these different things to happen? You know what I mean? And that is what I'm, that's what I believe that vote should be. So whoever you are out there, you need to look at what is on the ballot. Like what are the things that are important to you and how this country can go forward and be positive and bring opportunity for people. The, the virus, it'll, it'll kill people, right? Especially with yeah. pre-existing. Yeah. But but the struggle kills people. The struggle brings, you know, spousal abuse. The struggle brings drug abuse. The struggle brings suicide. The struggle brings, I mean, look at our veterans coming back from overseas and oh, stuff. Yeah. Like, let's give them opportunities where like, what? This guy just fought for the country and you, you're paying him 15 bucks an hour. You know what I mean? I know, I know. Like let's, let's bring crazy jobs back. Let's give crazy opportunities. And it's just a disgrace that our both sides have sold that out. Yeah. You yeah. need to bring it back so that you yourself, you can be like, Hey, Titan, like I got a bunch of guys and I'm like, dude, all of these shops can't find any workers. Like, let's just start this program. And like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there needs to be that demand. So well, you, you, you've kind of uh, given me a fresh look at what we want to do in our resource center uh, on our, on our website. It shows the current plans that we're raising money for, for our project It's called a resource center. And, and we'll have all the regular practical stuff for guys and gals getting out of prison, food, clothes, hygiene, bus passes, all that stuff. But we're going to have vocational training as well. Uh, welding class, paint and body and auto mechanics. But man, uh, you're moving to, you're moving to flower mound and, and, and all your stuff is free. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe, uh, you know, incorporating some, some CNC stuff into sure. our, into our program. So you um, I'm Can glad you're coming to that. Yeah, go for it. You know, what we have to, what we have to understand is that, um, I have a hundred thousand students, not because I, oh, we did a big marketing campaign or whatever. No, you have to earn that respect and stuff. Having a school is not good enough. Having trade school is not good enough. You know, if you, if you don't pay your teachers and you don't hold them accountable and you don't have the right curriculum, then you know what I mean? Like yeah, having yeah. these programs is great, but what are you teaching them? Right. Is this, are they allowed, or is it just going to allow them to come in and be like, Hey, you're serious about manufacturing. So I'm going to give you a job based on that, but it's not going to take care of your family. Or are you going to have that same individual come down and you're like, Oh wait, you programmed this and this and this, and you made these, and I can't even do that. You can help me. Oh, I'm going to pay you double what I would have yeah. paid the other guy because yeah. of the, the, what you have learned. So I'll say that on our uh, Titans of CNC Academy, when you go to Academy, anybody, like anybody, if you're a felon out there and you want to learn something positive, you just go up there, you can download the software for free and you can go through our tutorials for free. And, and it's engineering, it's creating crazy, making this in a 3D model and then, and then putting tool paths on it and showing it showing how to actually make it and then machining it. And there's companies all over that will open their doors
stores and allow you to go run them. Even if you don't work there, they'll allow, it's like a school. So it'll allow you to go and run your programs and then they'll hire you. It's, wow. it's such an amazing thing. And who cares if you're a feeling, change your life, yeah. move forward, so leave good. that stuff in the back, solve their problems and, and have integrity and boldness and, and love. You'll get a job. It's not hard, but leave that stuff in the past. I'm so good. I'm done. So good. Last thing, Titan. What's where'd that name come from? Oh man, you know it's crazy because uh, I told you once. Once I found the Lord, I knew that He uh, was always about me. And uh, today, I have a reputation for machining titanium. And my mom, who you would look at, and uh, she has passed, but you would never think that she would come up with a cool, cool name. <laughs> but my my mom named me Titan, you know, man, and that is and cool. I machine titanium. And this good thing that I wasn't like five, two with that name, right? Because I'm <laughs> exactly, you know, I'm bigger than six feet. And uh, people are like, Oh, the name's fitting. They think I made it up. I'm like, No, my sister who's visiting me from Hawaii right today, her name is Athena. So my mom was just in the Greek mythology. Wow. And, and then, you know, you'll be judged based on what you can make, what you do and your reputation. And therefore, when I built a reputation, I was like, hey, people know me as Titan. It's a cool name. I'm going to make it the company name, you know. And then I went to San Quentin and the men changed their lives because it was always like I was the one. It was kind of like pointing to me saying, hey, Titan, Titan, Titan. Then I'm like, you know what? Each one of these guys, they're the Titans. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're all Titans. So and when I went to San Quentin prison, they inspired me to change my name to Titans of CNC. So it's not about me. It's about them. That's so good, man. So good. Well, listen, man, thank you so much. Awesome. Uh, we will have all your links to everything on the show notes and the show page. So everyone can come visit uh, the website and look at everything. And uh, I just want to thank you. It's been an honor to sit here and talk with you, uh, get to know you a little more, know your story and hear your heart. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I see your business. I see your academy. I see all that. But today I got to hear your heart. And I want to thank you for opening, opening up and sharing your story of uh, rising above your background and your back and the background check and just making something of your own, knowing who you are in Jesus and just walking that faith journey out. So both, thank you so both. much, man. Of course, man. And Jay, thank you for all that you're doing. Um, you know, it, it takes a certain individual to come up and actually say, hey, I'm going to do a faith-based podcast and I'm going to like change people's lives and stuff. So man, um, I'll, I'll, people say it, but I'm going to be praying for you, brother. Because, thank um, you. And when yeah, you get you, moved. changing lives, man. And when you get moved uh, to Fireman, I'll, I'll come out there and I'll buy you lunch. Dude, I can't wait. What's, what's this? It's about going big. We're going to go yes, big in business yes. and do go big in our faith and risk everything. And it's going to be awesome. All right. When, when do you think you're going to be here? Um, so my family is going to actually move up at the beginning of uh, November. And then my, um, in the middle of December, I'm moving my company up. Awesome. Man, we'll, we'll employees, get, they're, they're Texas gets a Christmas present. Texas Let's gets go, a Christmas baby. present. All right. So good. Man. All right. Uh, you guys take care. Do you have any favorite last question? I always ask everybody, do you have any favorite, uh, in a, uh, pro sports teams that you cheer for? Ah, yeah. You know, even though I don't box them, I'm into UFC, man. I just love uh, watching. Who's your uh, favorite UFC fighter of all time? Maybe Jorge Macedal. You know, I love, oh, I love nice. his attitude. Yeah. I love that he he struggled for a lot of years. And then he, uh, he went into the jungle and did a reality show and had no hope with doing anything with the UFC. And he, he re-changed re his outlook on life yeah. and actually yeah. started taking things. And I love, like, he's like, you can't call me because I don't have a cell phone because – the jungle helped me, you know what I mean? So even though you see him like, you know, doing what he needs to do to like, you know, get that money. Right. But at the same time, I love that he made life changes and it showed the same exact person is now different based on the decisions he made. And I'm not saying that 
I know his whole life or anything. Right, right. I, I, I like that story. It's a good story, man. Matt Hughes is one of my favorites. Yeah, I, of all time. Is a, he's a legend, you know, and he's uh, very honorable and uh, very We sad. like to – our guys like – we, we'll order the fight, the UFC fight, and order at our transitional houses, and they, they, yeah. they love watching those. So, all right, man, I'll let you go. Thanks again for your time. I appreciate you, and you have a good day. Be blessed, okay? You too, brother. Take care. Man, I have to be honest, this really was, no offense to all my past guests, and I'm sure I'll have some future good ones as well, but talking with Titan was incredible. And and just, you guys don't even know what happened, really. We we interviewed, we talked for 10 minutes before the 45-minute interview, and then me and, and one of his staff, uh, his marketing guy or branding guy or somebody, was on there, and we talked for another 30 or 40 minutes, and we just talked about Jesus, and I was just so impressed with Titan and his story and how he gives God all the glory. And, I mean, he, he went through so much living homeless on the beach. I mean, but if you're going to live homeless, I mean, you know, the beach is a great place to be homeless, I guess. But homeless on the beach with his mom, neither one of them gave up. He got beat up every single day at school in Hawaii until he ran into a savior. It wasn't Jesus at that point. In fact, it was, a, it was a man that looked on him with compassion, decided to step in. And if you remember, he, he said he had tattoos, born to kill and born to rape on his, you know, and I'm, I'm sure he probably didn't do those things anymore, but he saw a Titan getting beat up and he had compassion on him. And he said, you know what, let me teach you how to defend yourself. Man, my goodness, you know, I know Jesus teaches us how to defend ourselves against a, a bully called, called Satan and his demons. But, I, you know, I don't know if Jesus was set and tighten up this whole time. Man, it was just incredible to hear his whole story. Titan never gave up. He never gave up, you know, and he, and he started standing his ground against the bullies. He started um, everything he did. If, I mean, if you listen to what he said, he said he, he felt like God was with him all along anyway. He felt like God gave him leadership skills. He felt like God instilled him in him qualities that really weren't able to really flourish like they are now until he came to that time in his life where he found Jesus. Now, that was interesting to me too because he was so humble and so transparent and honest and vulnerable that he told his pastor, I, this is, I, don't, I don't believe like you do right now. And I don't know that there's that many people that walk into the church that, I don't, and that pastor must have been incredible because for somebody like Titan to come in and say, say that to a pastor, most pastors today just want you to get cleaned up even before you become a member of the church. They want you to dress a certain way when you walk in. They, they want you to sit in a certain spot. And, boy, if you get in their spot, if you sit on their, uh, on their row in their spot, uh, boy, look out, you know. But Titan has grown his business. Like how he said he, he started out at $9 an hour. He worked his way up. He worked his way up, and he kept bettering the company that he was working for. Instead of just complaining, man, how many employees could make our, the companies they work for so much better and themselves better if they would just try to solve problems that the company has instead of complain about the way the company treats them? I, I, I don't know about you, but I learned so many things from this man. That's why I had a few extra questions to ask him. I kept asking him questions because I wanted to know how he does life and he does it pretty well. And it's because he keeps Jesus in the center. So can you just join with me in prayer over Titan, uh, his family, his company, the move and everything? 
Father, in Jesus' name, by your spirit, I thank you for Titan, Gilroy, his family, his company, his staff, everybody involved in, in making happen what he makes happen. Father, I know he gives you all the glory for everything that he's doing and done. And I just pray that you allow him to uh, make this move to Texas with his family, his staff that's moving as well, the company, make it as smooth as possible, uh, open doors that need to be opened, uh, tear down walls and obstacles that need to be moved, and give them everything they need for a smooth transition and to thrive in the great state of Texas. Father, thank you for his story. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy in Titan's life. Thank you for uh, touching his heart one day and making him who he is in you. And we thank you once again for allowing him to be on the show to share his story of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, don't forget to check out the show page. The show page is forgivenfelons.org slash background check. All right, uh, and if you go to that page, then you'll see all the show notes, everything we talked about, and all the ways to watch his uh, San Quentin prison season, the episodes of Titans of CNC. You can, if you want to learn how to do CNC, he's got free classes on his website. It's a global university, so it's amazing. So visit the show page, no matter which uh, platform you listen to the show on. Visit the show page so you can see pictures, uh, links, and, and stories. He's in Forbes and all the other business magazines and, and online articles, so you don't want to miss out on all that. Also, one last thing before we go. If you've never tried Audible and if you've never listened to an audio book, right now is the time to do it. I just started listening just a couple of months ago. I get a free credit every month, so I, I get a, basically a free audio audiobook every month, and then... Uh, I've been listening to The Dream Giver. It's a book that we're about to go through with all of our guys at the house, the transitional house. But I've been listening to The Dream Giver on audio. It's the first book I actually read in prison, but I'm enjoying listening to it actually more than reading it. So, um, but, but Audible just has so many thousands of uh, audio books, but they have podcasts. They have uh, health and wellness videos or, or you know podcasts and different things you can listen to. They're not just about audiobooks anymore. So if you want to try them, get a free trial, go to audibletrial.com. That's audibletrial.com background check. Okay? So you're going to go audibletrial.com slash background check and uh, sign up for your free trial there, and you'll help forgive felons out. Okay? Last, last time, audibletrial.com forward slash background check. All right? Hey, listen, um, the election's coming up. Please get out and vote. I don't care. Honestly, listen, just get out and vote. Okay. Whether whoever you think is the right person, I know who I think is the right person. I know I've prayed about it. My family's prayed about it. But the most important thing is, is if you believe there is a right person, go vote for him. Right now, as of Friday of, of this release, over uh, 8 million people have voted in Texas, and that's amazing. Okay. I think we're going to set a record. I know we are in Dallas County, but get out and vote. All right. What's if whatever's important to you, go vote for and pray about it. All right. If you're a Christian, pray about it. If you're not a Christian, then just figure out your values and go vote. But if you're a Christian, pray about it. All right. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. 
Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.